Welcome to the Ask the Experts podcast. Here's Karen Bhatia. I am Karan Bhatia. This is Ask the Experts. We've got a jam-packed show, so let's get into who we are talking to. We're getting you prepared for the January 25th card. It's on Showtime, and we have you covered. So we know the main event is Danny Garcia versus Ivan Redcat. That was originally supposed to be Danny Garcia versus Errol Spence. Errol Spence was in the car accident. The latest reports is that he's back in training. He's going to be back later this year, but that left Danny Garcia without a dance partner. Enter Ivan Redcatch. So, first of all, I'll be speaking to Angel Garcia. That is Danny Garcia's father and his trainer. Angel Garcia is very outspoken. He always has a lot to say, uh, and I'll be chatting with him. Next, I'll be chatting with Steven Espinoza. He's the president of Showtime Boxing. I'm going to talk to him about what's on their schedule, uh, looking ahead at 2020, and uh, what's going on in their world in, in Showtime. As I said, this January 25th fight is on Showtime. The main event, like I said, Danny Garcia versus Ivan Redcatch. So who else better to speak to than Ivan Redcatch himself? I'll be talking to to Mr. Redcatch. He has four losses on the record, but he's actually 3-0 in his last three fights. Uh, He's won by knockout in his last two fights. If you remember his last fight in June, he actually knocked out Devin Alexander. So Ivan Redcatch, he's on the come up, and he has his opportunity to play massive spoiler to uh, put a big uh, dent in the welterweight division and make a statement against Danny Garcia. So I'm going to ask him if he thinks he will be able to do that. Then, next, also on that January 25th card, another fighter that you probably maybe have not heard of, but you will hear of, and that is Stephen Fulton. So who is Stephen Fulton? He's 17-0 with eight knockouts. He's from Philadelphia, just 25 years old. He goes by Cool Boy Steph, and he has an opportunity here uh, at Barclays Center on January 25th. His opponent's 16-0, and he has an opportunity to make a statement on a national stage. He's going to be on Showtime. Uh, He's going to be introduced to a new audience. Uh, He is going to have an opportunity to make a splash, and I'm going to ask him, how he plans to do that and then my final guest it's the trainer of one of the fighters on this same card so on this card is francisco santana he's fighting jared hurd if you remember this is jared hurd's comeback fight we all know that he ended up losing uh this is his comeback he hasn't been in the ring since uh, may of 2019 when he lost to julian williams so this is a big fight for uh jared hurd and the man he's facing is francisco santana so i'll be talking to coach hoss aka joseph janik who is francisco santana's trainer i'm going to talk about the game plan uh obviously the fact that um, hurd is coming off a loss is something that they're going to want to capitalize on uh joseph janik is also andrew cancio's trainer and if you remember uh andrew cancio he lost his fight he was dropped by his promoter he's recently signed with top rank but i'm going to get a little bit more information about what exactly happened there so let's get to the first interview he's outspoken he's brash he's the trainer of danny garcia who's headlining at barclay center on showtime on january 25th and that is angel garcia so without further ado here's my conversation with angel garcia i am karen batia and let's ask the experts this is Karan Bhatia. We're at Barclay Center. I'm here with Angel Garcia, father, trainer of Danny Garcia. So, Angel, we know that you guys were preparing for Errol Spence, but Spence was in a car accident. When you first heard the news about the car accident, what was going through your head? Well, you know, first thing I thought of, I hope he's well because he has children, he has family. 
So, you know, I'm hoping he's well for his children. At the same time, I'm like, well, that's out the door. So, you know, we got to move on. We can't wait for nobody. And we, we know that the criticism that Danny gets online and stuff like that, they call him the cherry picker because they're not impressed with the opponents, right? He was ready to fight the best in the game in Errol Spence. Well, he been ready. He fought the best already at 40. And the thing is, they, they can say whatever they want to say. At the end of the day, they got to get in the ring with him if they want to call him names. Because everybody gets that. Everybody gets an easy opponent. Not easy because nobody's easy. Everybody, when you, when you fight for a living, it's not easy when you get punched in the face. The people that say that never fought in their life. So that's why they could say that because they never got hit in the tip of the nose and got tear, teary eyes. So when you could talk, talk is cheap. When you got to prove it in the ring, that's a different page of your life. So they could say whatever they want to say at the end of the day, we don't care about that. And you've served as Danny's trainer, his advisor. Danny is usually a little bit more quiet in the background and you've served as the mouthpiece. So how is it? I'm his mascot. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm Crazy Angel, the mascot, the bird, man. No. <laughs> and so has that been a good dynamic between you two? Because you're kind of out front talking to people, and he can do his thing in the ring. Yeah, but the thing, I mean, Danny could back it up. And then he told me one time, yo, Dad, you got to slow down, man, because, you know, they're getting tougher. Because <laughs> everybody's training the extra mile. But, you know, I don't look at it. I look at it like it's boxing. And, and, and you can talk all you want as long as you don't get physical. As long as I don't touch nobody, and a lot of things I say, the fighter said it himself. So basically, I'm, I'm saying what you said. So I play reverse psychology. So whatever you said in the past will hunt you. That's why a man got to think before you speak. And I've seen you get close to getting physical with people, but you've always no, stayed yeah, back from at that. The end of the day, at the end of the day, this is not about me, it's about Danny. So, you know, I got to respect the sport, and I got to respect another man like myself. You just don't hit people in the face. It doesn't work like that. Because, you know, people die over reasons like that. And I'm not, I just tell it, you know, I just, I just try to talk what, what you said. So basically, I'm, I'm saying what you said in the past. So it's hunting you. So don't get mad at me, get mad at yourself. In the past, uh, oh, we're about to get started on the press conference, so we'll wrap it up. Andrew Garcia, thank you so much for the time. Appreciate you. That was Angel Garcia talking to me at the press conference. As we said, Danny Garcia headlining versus Ivan Redcatch. I'm going to be speaking to Ivan Redcatch. But before that, I'm going to talk to Steven Espinoza, who is the head of Showtime Sports. Now, a lot was made about HBO exiting the boxing business and people say uh, maybe premium cable can't sustain boxing. Maybe they don't want boxing. And I'm, I'm going to ask Steven Espinoza uh, about that. I also talked to him about being involved in some of the biggest events in the history of uh, combat sports, and that includes uh, Mayweather versus McGregor. Now, if you remember, uh, McGregor definitely poked a lot of fun at Steven Espinoza. He made him a character in the buildup, uh, and I wanted to know, was that real? Was that scripted? So that's another thing I'll be talking to uh, Steven Espinoza about. So without further ado, here is my conversation with Steven Espinoza. Karambati here at the Clarissa Shields Ivana Habazin press conference in New York City and I'm here with the head of Showtime Sports Steven Espinoza so Showtime starting the year off strong with a big main event with Clarissa Shields so what is Showtime 2020 boxing going to be like? Well it's going to start off really really busy uh, we've got seven shows in the next eight weeks a couple of championship shows obviously the Clarissa Shields event this weekend 
and several show boxes. So um, we went to a schedule a couple of years ago that was weighted a little bit more heavy when major sports are lighter, um, trying to avoid the fall, September, October, November, um, when college football and NFL dominates. So January, February, up through the NCAA tournament, it's, it's prime time for, for boxing from our perspective. So we'll be very, very busy at the start of the year. And we are obviously looking at the last decade, closing it out. And one big thing that happened in the last decade was HBO and its dominant position started to go down. And Showtime Sports and boxing actually rose up in terms of championship level fights, the top fights. And you are very much responsible for that. So do you take pride in that when you look back at the last decade and, and what Showtime Sports has achieved and I'm sure what it will continue to achieve? Well, I, I, I absolutely do. You know, the way I look at it is Showtime has nearly 35 years of history. I'm going back to names like you know Mugabe and Hearns being the first event, all the way through the Tyson and Chavez days, uh, more recently through the Vasquez Marquez and of course Cor uh, Corrales Castillo, and to be able to make my contribution to that and bring something else to the table, and a name like Mayweather, some Canelo fights, you know, some Wilder fights, and continue I think a really strong tradition uh, is something personally that's that's meaningful to me. And not only just some of the biggest fights, but the Mayweather contract, the six-fight deal, which sent shockwaves through the industry, and then being involved in some of the biggest pay-per-views of all time. We know uh, Mayweather-Connor was the biggest of all time. Mayweather-Canelo is up there. So just being in that, in that business on some of the, not just in, in boxing, but in sports, some of the biggest events of all time, that has to be something that you look back at fondly, right? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think it's... it's no exaggeration to say those were cultural events um, that they transcended certainly combat sports and, and sports. You know, Mayweather Pacquiao, Mayweather McGregor turned uh, into worldwide spectacles. Um, and, of course, many people played a part in it, not the least of which the fighters. But, you know, knowing that, that our team and, and, and myself personally played a role, again, it is definitely a point of pride. And when they, we have build-ups for these big events, right, especially like mayweather Connor, some people are looking at it, they're saying, what's real, what's not? And you had to face some of the, the backlash from Connor fans. So what was that like for you to deal with? First of all, was that real, the, the animosity there from Connor towards you? And what was that like to deal with? Uh, it was absolutely real. Uh, you know, it wasn't as if, um, you know, backstage, you know, ever winked at me or you know, patted me in the shoulder. And it's a little bit strange because, you know, on a press tour, as you know, you're constantly sort of rubbing shoulders, you know, right. whether it's at the, the airport or the hotel. You know, the only time you, you know, th that you see each other is not just on stage. You're seeing each other for those several days. So, no, at no point was there ever a wink or, or anything like that. I, I'm not sure where it came from, quite honestly. Um, but I think he threw it out there and it got a, uh, a reaction from the audience. And he's all about engaging. So um, it continued. Um, it wasn't, look, never set out to be... Um, a talking point on the press tour um, never was my goal I wasn't looking to play the Vince McMahon role um, and uh, you know but you, you deal the cards that you were played and if it added to some of the uh, spectacle of it then so be it so here's the real question. Why did you turn his mic off? In the first? I'm sure that it's, it's, it's just hilarious to me because someone with the, the amount of work that you have to do for these things, the fact that you'd be in the back adjusting mics is kind of ridiculous. You know, that's the funny thing. That's that's the great conspiracy theory there. And, and you know, having the experience that you do, you understand, like, you know, sometimes these press events come together at a moment's notice and 
the, the first stop or two, or you know, in some cases all of them, aren't always the most smoothest running operation. So, no, to think that I was the, the wizard behind the curtain, you know, with the, uh, with the kill switch on the mic, it's, it's, it's sort of devious. I wish I'd been smart enough to think of that. So we'll wrap it up soon because I think we're getting underway here. But, but final question, a lot obviously has been made about PBC and Fox Sports. And that's the million-dollar question for everyone is we saw what happened to HBO. And they say, you know, Bob Arum had the theory that uh, premium cable networks maybe can't sustain boxing because it's more of a one-night thing. And we see a lot of boxing going to Fox. So your response is the, the head of Showtime. You, we had the Tank Davis and we, had, we got Clarissa Shield. So what is, what is your response? Well, my, um, uh, my direct response is Bob doesn't know. Um, nearly as much as about our business as he thinks he does. Um, uh, look, I can't speak to HBO. It was not a simple situation. I'm confident in saying that. There were a number of factors. Um, and, you know, Bob tends to, you know, speak on behalf of whoever his dance partner is at the current time. So he's with ESPN. He's going to trash everyone else. The reality is boxing still does significant business for us. It's a driver of viewership. It's a driver of our business. It's a driver of subscriptions. And that's demonstrable for a number of different metrics. And as long as that continues to be the case, we will be in the boxing business. Uh, we've been in it for 35 years. The fact that 2019 there's some new competitors and there's some transition in the market doesn't mean we're getting out of it and in fact i think there is strength in the fact that you are programming boxing among a entertainment network whether it's fox or showtime um it gives us the ability to reach non-sports fans which is something that you know obviously an all sports network does not do so there are pluses uh and minuses on both sides but the one thing i can say from confidence is you know uh, we didn't get out of boxing when they said we were a year ago. We didn't get out of the boxing at the end of 2019 when they said we were. Um, no plans to get out of boxing. And, uh, you know, we're, we're expecting to be, for 2020, to be as, as strong as ever. Well, there you have it. The landscape in boxing is shifting, but Showtime Sports is strong, starting the year off strong. January 10th from Atlantic City, we have Clarissa Shields versus Ivana Habazin. Stephen Espinosa, thank you so much for the time. Thank you. That is Steven Espinoza, head of Showtime Sports. As we mentioned, the card, Danny Garcia versus Ivan Redcatch is on Showtime. So we spoke to Angel Garcia, who's the trainer and father of Danny Garcia. Now we are speaking to Danny Garcia's opponent, and that is Ivan Redcatch. Karambati at Barclay Center. I'm here with Ivan Redcatch. Ivan, you're 3-0 and in your last three fights. You're undefeated this year, but you have the assignment now of Danny Garcia. So how are you going to take on Danny Garcia? I'm training very hard. This fight's very important for me. So Danny Garcia was originally supposed to fight Errol Spence, and Errol Spence, we know, was in a car accident. When did you first get the call that you would have this opportunity? Garcia Sanchello. I found out about a month ago. And fighting in New York, fighting in Barclays Center, it's a main event. How important is, is this for your career? You know, you, you've had a couple setbacks and you've come back from them. How important is this moment for your career? Lots of New York, it's a good show, boy. Для меня это будет очень крутое шоу, потому что здесь будет неимоверная энергетика, и здесь будет весь красивый бокс 25 января. Uh, I'm really excited. It's going to be a great fight because the energy in the building is going to be great, and because of that, we're going to put on a great show on January 25th. 
and your opponent Danny Garcia, uh, he had criticism early in his career for kind of cherry picking fights, but then he did step up. What do you think about him stylistically? We we know he's got the the big left hook. He knocks a lot of people out. How how do you think you'll match up stylistically with him? Это смелый его выбор, что он выбрал меня, поэтому я буду готов на сто процентов. Все, что он предоставит мне в ринге, я найду противодействие. He actually has a great style, and I followed his career, and he's a very tough fighter. But what we're going to do in the gym is to prepare for whatever he brings on January 25th. I'm going to have an answer for it. And final question: We we see what you got here. You got the suit, but then. The pink hair. So you're obviously expressing yourself. What, what what's the statement that you're trying to make with your look? Uh, this is my mood. I'm actually in a good mood right now. And I'm going to be in a good mood on January 25th. And actually, last thing I know that on the podium they asked you how you're going to win this fight, and you were you said it in English. And so, can we hear that one more time? What's what's your prediction? Knock him out, for sure. For first round? No, for sure. For sure, you're gonna knock him out, for sure. It's my camp visualization for knock him out. You're visualizing knocking him out. Okay. Ivan Redcatch, best of luck to you on January 25th against Danny Garcia. Thank you so much. There is Ivan Redcash. He's in the main event now. On the undercard is Stephen Fulton, a.k.a. Cool Boy Steph. 25 years old, 17 and 0. He's trying to make a splash. He wants people to know his name, and he's going to have an opportunity to do that. So here is my conversation with Stephen Fulton. I am Karen Batia here in Barclay Center. I'm here with Stephen Fulton, undefeated, 17 and 0, eight KOs, and now you're hitting the big stage on Showtime on January 25th. So, what does that mean for you to be on this stage? Uh, it's, it's pretty normal to me. You know, my life is a big stage. You know, I've I've been on big stages before. You know, I've traveled to Russia, Italy, and fought against them in their country. You know, at a higher stage. So it's nothing new to me. It's, it's normal. I look at everything as a it's normal. You you overthink things too much, things may go wrong. And they call you Cool Boy Steph. Is that right? So why do they call you Cool Boy Steph? I mean, the way I carry myself, I'm, I'm trying to be cool, you know, and that's how I carry myself in the ring. I'm cool and calm. If you watch my fights, you'll see I'm very calm. While everybody else is trying to be all fast and sharp at the at the in the early rounds, I'm just cool, take my time and cool, calm and collect. And you are undefeated, like we said. Your opponent on January 25th is undefeated as well, but you're used to fighting undefeated fighters, right? Yes, nothing new. This will, this will be the seventh undefeated fighter. And you've got the, the swag, like we said. Now, that can either go two, one or two ways. You've got the Floyd Mayweather style you know, with the money, but he's been successful. There's also been like an Adrian Broner where it's like you see flashy, but then in terms of can they back it up in the ring, right? Are you thinking about that at all in terms of your persona outside of the ring? No, I'm a, I'm honestly a people's champ. I'm not it's, it's yeah, money money is good, but what what is money if you're not going to help your people with it? Not saying anything bad towards Floyd or anybody else though, but I'm I'm, a, I'm trying to be a people's champ, not just a a a, a world titleist or something like that. I'm trying to be the people's champ. I want the people to love me and, and embrace me. I would like to embrace my people as well. So you, so you plan to give back to, yes. to people? A lot, yes. And you're from Philly. 
Your last fight was in Texas, but now you're back in the Northeast in New York, so you're going to have a lot of fans and supporters coming out for you, right? Well, in West Philadelphia, to be exact, yes. Born and raised? Yes. <laughs> yes. And you and Danny Garcia, he's also from Philly. So did you guys have a relationship coming up the ranks? Oh, no, yeah. And this is before he, like he said, on the podium there. Uh, this is before I was pro, before he was pro, when he was amateur. You know, he knew me since I was a youngin', since I, since I first started. So there's just a lot of history around. We never, he's been a good guy, you know. No, I don't see anybody in Philadelphia that can say one bad thing about him. And likewise about me. And we know, like we said, you're undefeated. You're getting this opportunity on Showtime. So what are your goals overall in the sport? What, what do you hope to achieve? I mean, I want to be undisputed at this weight class, but it's, it's deeper than boxing for me. You know, it's, it's, boxing is not where it ends for me. You know, I, I have businesses on the outside of boxing. You know, I have a crab spot that I'm opening. I have an auto inspection shop. So it's, it's deeper than boxing for me. But I, in the boxing aspect of it, I would like to become undisputed at this weight class. And I would like to move up to 26 and take over that division because I don't believe nobody in that division can mess with me. And last question, tell people why they should tune in on January 25th, why they should come to the Barclays Center. You should tune in to, to, to watch me perform, watch Danny Garcia perform, watch Jared Hurd perform. It's going to be a hell of a show. January 25th at the Barclays Center, man. Get your tickets at Ticketmaster. Steve Showtime. <laughs> Steven Fulton knows how to sell a fight. He's a rising star in our sport. Thank you so much for the time. That was Stephen Fulton, up-and-comer in our sport, and I'm sure he has a bright future ahead. So now let's get to my last guest. It is Joseph Janik, a.k.a. Coach Haas. Now, he uh, was the trainer for Andrew Cancio, who was dropped from his promotional company after his loss. Uh, we all know Andrew Cancio's story. He has to work at the gas station, uh, even as a world champion, to get health benefits for his family, to support his family. Um, but he has recently signed uh, with a new promoter, and it looks like he is back on track. So I'm going to talk to his coach, Joseph Janik. Now, uh, Coach Haas, a.k.a. Joseph Janik, is also training Francisco Santana, so who is also fighting at Barclays Center on January 25th. He's taking on Jared Hurd. So we're going to talk to uh, Coach Haas about the game plan there. So here is my conversation with Coach Haas, a.k.a. Joseph Janik. Karabati at Barclays Center. I'm here with Coach Haas, a.k.a. Joseph Janik. So you got Francisco Santana against Jared Hurd on January 25th. I wanted to first ask you, though, about you were training Andrew Cancio. Yes. And we know that Cancio, he had two jobs uh, to support his family. And he ended up losing his most recent fight, and Golden Boy actually cut him. So what can you tell us a little bit about that situation? Yeah, it was a tough night. Uh, you know, we had a real great training camp. Uh, Things were going real well. Felt like we had a, a solid shot. I thought we were going to do well against Renee. Uh, and after the first round, he told me he just felt like he couldn't get going. Felt like he was slow. Felt like he was weak. Said he felt like he was a couple steps behind of uh, Renee. And I said, all right, let's give it a couple rounds and see how we feel. Uh, and he just couldn't get going. So I didn't uh, see any need to let it keep going any longer. Uh, I didn't think we were, the outcome was going to be any different. We'll live to fight another day. Uh, and then the next uh, 48 hours, Golden Boy decided they didn't really have a, a spot for us on the roster, and they let us go. So, But we're, we're doing good. There's some interest out there from uh, some of the other big promoters right now, so we're, we're kind of shopping around those deals with Andrew, and we'll probably make a decision within the next 10 days or so. And is there more to that than just he lost the fight, right? I mean, this is a guy, he was the champion, and he was such a likable guy. Um, there, is there more to that story? I mean, how, how did they just let him go like that? Uh, I think the, the back story is probably some of the interviews uh, he was doing during the week, uh, voicing his... Uh 
personal displeasure with maybe the amount of money he was getting paid as compared to some other guys in the division. Uh, and I think had we won the fight, uh, I think we would have been able to iron out our differences and, and the relationship would have continued. Uh, purses would have got better uh, and everything would have been good. Uh, but I think it was kind of a statement for them. Hey, you know what? We're, we're, we're the boss. You work for us. Uh, and we're, we're the ones that decide how much you get paid and you, you take it or leave it. And uh, they decided to make him leave it. Well, let's hope that he can find a new home. He's certainly a, a great person and a good fighter. So the other fighter that you worked with for a long time is Victor Ortiz. His last fight was in February of 2018. It was a draw against Devin Alexander. So where is Victor Ortiz right now? What's the latest? What can you tell us? <laughs> uh, he's having some, some outside of the ring issues going on right now. Hopefully those will be resolved pretty soon. Uh, and then uh, hopefully he'll be back in the gym. Uh, he's still living in Ventura. Actually, I shouldn't say still. He moved back from Tarzana. Uh, he's up in Ventura. Uh, he's been going down and working a little bit with Fred. Roach uh, uh, at wild card so we'll see uh, where he decides to go from here but I wouldn't be surprised if we see him back in the ring in the next six months and on January 25th you have Francisco Santana and he's taking on Jared Hurd now that's gonna be a tough assignment we know Jared Hurd had the loss but he seems motivated he's got a new trainer and he's, he's obviously a tough fighter so what's the game plan against Hurd I think what you have to do against uh, Jared is try to make him uncomfortable he's, he's a very uh, large human being. Uh, he's big for 154. Uh, he's probably a good four inches taller than us. Uh, Chia really doesn't usually uh, give up reach to anybody and I think we'll give up a little bit of reach. Uh, but the things that people are kind of forgetting is we fought Charlo. Uh, we lost to Charlo uh, but we hurt Charlo in the fight uh, and we have a draw with Julian Williams. So if we go off common opponents we have a draw with Williams and, and, and Williams beat him. Uh, and Williams was, was a tough fight. He was a tough guy. It was early in both of our careers. Uh, so I guess the dream would be to go in there and have a uh, career-defining performance, uh, really make Jarrett work for those 10 rounds, and then hopefully get a shot at uh, Julian for the title again. And Santana's fought about once a year, so he hasn't been as active as he could be. If he is able to get past Hurt, are we going to see him be a little bit more active? Yeah, we would, we would like to keep him more active. You know, unfortunately, uh, sometimes you got to win a fight here or there and, and that would put you right in a good spot and then you lose a close decision in a fight and then you get a shelved for a little while uh, and, and we had some potential stuff coming up now but when they called with this uh, opportunity uh, Chia said you know what you can't, can't pass this up this is an opportunity to fight the number one ranked guy in the division one division ahead of me uh, and I've fought in that division before and I want it coach so if you think we have a good shot let's go up and get it. Coach Haas, thank you so much for the time. Thanks for filling us in on what's going on. Appreciate it. No problem. Thanks a lot, guys. We'll see you guys uh, January 25th. January 25th on Showtime. It's Jared Hurd versus Francisco Santana. And that will bring us to the end here. I want to thank you so much for listening. I want to thank all of my guests, and that is Angel Garcia, Steven Espinoza, Ivan Redcatch, Steven Fulton, Coach Haas, a.k.a. Joseph Janik. Thank you guys for coming on the show. Thank you, everyone who listened. If you want to follow us, uh, you can follow at A-T-E underscore podcast. That's on Instagram and Twitter. If you want to follow my personal channels, it's at C-U-R-R-A-N-B-H-A-T-I-A on Instagram and Twitter. That's at Karan Bhatia at, on Instagram and Twitter. Please subscribe on YouTube, youtube.com backslash Karan Bhatia. Uh, please check out uh, our show on iTunes. Hit subscribe. Give us a five-star review. If you want to email the show, it's asktheexpertspod at gmail.com. Thank you so much. 
one more time. Enjoy the boxing uh, this weekend, and I will be back soon with another episode. This is Karen Batia signing off for Ask the Experts. Thank you for listening to Ask the Experts with Karen Batia.